0: Dundalk have gone where no Irish club has ever been before. And we are also going to go where we've not gone before. This is LOI Weekly, the weekly podcast uh, brought to you in association with Air Sport and Independent.ie. I'm Johnny Ward and for the rest of the season, I will be joined by Daniel MacDonald. Hello, Daniel. Hi, Johnny. How are things? I'm very well. I'm excited.
1: Are you excited? Yeah, it's 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 a new project. It's a new start for us. It is You know Get to spend more time together Yeah And talk about football really Yeah So it's not a bad deal
0: Yeah It's not a bad deal Uh, You'll find us on iTunes and Soundcloud Uh, We're also at LOI Weekly on Twitter And we'd love to encourage some banter We know League of Ireland fans are are out there And they'd like to um, give out about the 10 team league and so on They
1: can yeah They can also contact us on Twitter well. Privately as well, if they wish. Got they can,
0: yeah. We, w- w- are we going to encourage that? I away? think uh, to a
1: point, I mean, I've got at McDonald Dan, it's a bit more
0: straightforward. You've got... I, I wasn't on about the name. It was just, do we want people, you know, getting on to us kind of at half twelve at night after a, a match coming back kind of... Well, we'll know. probably be awake, though. We'll probably, well, you'll be awake. Yeah, so we can just yeah.
1: reply at our ledger. Yeah. Not not privately, you know, but just in a public forum.
0: Okay. Back, just, yeah. Mine is at ui underscore m-a-i-n-e and we'll get to the reason what's what know, yeah, yeah. What's, what's that all about it's we Mania. it was an old kingdom in uh e-scholar where i'm from when i joined twitter initially i wanted to be anonymous but then my ego took the better of me and i kind of got involved
1: so has someone else taken johnny ward
0: it was probably already taken to be yeah. fair but like people people always ask me about it and i just ugh, don't have to answer this again you know mm. um but anyway
1: we move on to more important matters then.
0: And these are important matters. And I've been you know, very positive about this. I'm like, I can never remember. I'm sporting the league maybe 20 seasons. I can never remember a buzz like there is at the moment. I think we've reached something of a revolution in the game, thanks to Dundalk in the main. You've Your years of experience make you a little bit more sceptical.
1: Well, I, I just think my point would be, I think it's like my 13th season covering the league now, pretty much full time. Um, and I feel that still we're engaged in a lot of the debates that we were having. 10 years ago and um, i feel if i was to go through a preview of the league 10 years ago and a sort of general look at where we're at um there would be a lot of recurring themes mm. between then and now and um, I, I certainly like last year was the most exciting league and in, t- in terms of the, the exciting year in terms of covering the league because of what Dundalk did and that was a wonderful adventure more to than that though no no but th- i mean that was the main thing in terms of if if the League of Ireland is in this sort of perpetual attempt to try and draw people into it from outside, this was the one story that mm-hmm. I felt. I, I feel that sometimes with the League, you're always trying to sell it, sell it to people, mm-hmm. sell it to people. This soul itself, you know, people were just tuning into that very naturally because they were interested in it. Yeah. And the challenge now is to build on that. And that is exciting. There's no doubt about that. But there's also... An element of trepidation about what happens from here we've got the cut from 12 teams to 10 this year and um, a structural change for 2018 and i suppose it's been heralded in some way as the start of a bright new dawn uh, but we're still not sure where we're going really with it i think it's going to make this year on the pitch very interesting but in terms of the overall direction of the the product um i'm still slightly unsure as to where we're going
0: I should mention at this point as well that Damien links uh, who Damien, of course, will be in studio for the massive game that they are showing on Friday night. Um, I can't wait for Rovers versus Dog, but Damien can probably talk about uh, the the previous glory days of great spells in Europe and what came out of that. And I, I'm going to bring up with him and I'm going to bring this up with you now. I, I do think it's at a lot more of a sound financial footing where you're, you have an under-15, under-17, under-19 league, which I think is massive. And I think it, we're really going the right way. Maybe prize money can still get better, but at the same time, the clubs are being run arguably more prudently, and um, notwithstanding Dundalk making so much money last year.
1: You no, know, I, I think there is a point to be made there. I guess they have to remain prudent this year when all of a sudden you know, established teams could face going down and mid rate through the season those panic set in Mm -hmm. and that sort of prudent approach that certainly has existed over the past few years and certainly, you know, the European results have been good and they've been achieved at a much lower cost base than what we had a decade ago where almost a team's weekly wage bill uh, may not even have cancelled out sort of prize money over they were accruing from Europe in the early years.
0: Yeah, that this is amazing that the, the 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 gambles they took back in the day.
1: But it's almost like you know the, I feel with the League of Ireland over since 2000, it's always like been this really elaborate game of pass the parcel, right? Where you just you know the the, the title has been moved along, clubs have been going bust, goes to the next one, and it's almost like the music has sort of stopped now in a positive sense for like Dundalk, Cork, um. Maybe to a lesser extent, Rovers that their period of the top has coincided with uh, prize money in Europe, sort of going out of all recognition. Of course, yeah. and that's given them the position to strengthen to the point where they're now miles ahead of the other clubs in the league. And well, the challenge even, is how even, do we address that?
0: Well, even saying that though, you know, the and you alluded to this in your preview during the week in the Irish Independent, that the amount of managers who've stayed on and the players who've stayed at clubs, and I've found with the sort of 40-week contracts in recent seasons, there's a lot of player hopping, which I think is deeply unhelpful for a a sort of a a player-fan relationship, for one thing. The stability that we've had in the off-season is quite rare, I would argue.
1: Uh, There's been a form of stability. You know, there's been a... a I I definitely think that things there's been signs of improvement over the last couple of seasons but at the same time and there's been managerial stability Shane Keegan who I think we're going to speak to later on um, is the only new manager I know Stephen Bradley was caretaker last year other teams in the permanent division have kept their managers I'm just saying you look beyond that you know you look to the first division you've got Wexford and Waterford under new trading companies this year um. You still have a situation where um you look through the ins and outs in various clubs there's a lot of players um you know going from from a to b um so I, I just think there's there's a lot to be encouraged about. I think on the pitch it could be one of the most interesting seasons in years, and I hope that the, the maybe the switch from twelve to ten sort of adds a you know adds a sort of degree of i suppose. In the final weeks of the season last year, we had the dock and Cork going yep. for it, and in recent seasons, maybe for teams further down the table, they'll have something to play for beyond the summer.
0: Well, you you were on about selling the game when I was a kid trying to get my mates to watch the League of Ireland, and it starts to be shown live. I used to have my you know my eyes kind of behind my hands much of the time because it wasn't easy to watch. And I've just found in recent seasons the quality of the football has improved so much. Um, You know, you have better pitches, obviously, but you have a commitment, maybe from Liam Buckley in Pats back in the day, that's continued on, where you you have now Dundalk going to Europe and passing the ball against Zenit away from home, out of the back, sometimes uh, with consequences that were negative. But I would argue that, you know, the quality and the technique of the players has definitely gone gone up in the last few years. Well, I think
1: Dundalk have been a good... Uh, benchmark Mm. for the league because um, there was a period of time I think where you felt to win a league you needed to get the experienced bodies in the guys who've been there before Um, and the fact that Stephen Kenny went to Dundalk and won the league he had Stephen O'Donnell there and I know steadily he's brought in one or two guys who've maybe had a small bit of success but the sort of base he started with was a group of players who hadn't achieved success and before they hungry. and they were hungry and yeah. um, they were super fit. They've got to a certain level of conditioning that's left the others behind. And, um, and even Cork and trying to close the gap. And it's something that John Caulfield spoke about before last season spoke about that. They needed to be more dynamic. They needed to inject more pace to their play. They needed to become a In more attacking side. So yeah, it's not as if the league has been won by uh, you know, by negativity. Yeah. I think you actually, you can't really compete. Uh, in terms of actually challenging for titles, if your approach is overly negative, you get found out. I think Cork could have been accused of that a couple of seasons ago. I think they were a much better operation last year. You saw it in European games. I mean, Cork and Europe last year were excellent. Cork in Europe the year before against Reykjavik were dreadful. You know, yeah. and I think, yeah. and I think there was a, Fair point. I think there was a measure of progress there with that. And what we hope for this year is that I, I personally believe that the Dock and Cork are, are still that bit ahead. Um, that it would be hard for other teams to break into the top two but you would hope that the teams that are getting there Derry were quite good to watch at times last year we've got Shamrock Rovers now with an injection of new players a lot of technically good midfield players that hopefully they're good to watch as well because ultimately as you say you know you're always selling here and you want people to come to games and, and see teams trying to play I think the consumer can be picky and you can't bring them along to a 10-man behind the ball.
0: Without, without a game. Um Later on the show, we will hear from Shane Keegan and Pat Finlan. And for all you fans of the Premier Division clubs, we're going to go through all the games um, and maybe give some indication as to what we expect on week one. We're going to get a lot of this wrong. but uh, Most of you yeah. We may get some of it right. And I, I'm really looking forward to previewing the live game on Friday night because... We have the new pitch for one thing, uh, but prior to you know Dundalk, actually Dundalk getting the new pitch was one of the things that happened in the off season. We had that uh, the JJ episode, which unfortunately I was only party to on Twitter. Um, you can tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, well, no, we had the we had the brand report at the Vive, obviously, which was. Uh, I suppose I feel harsh. feels like harsh and poor, JJ. Now yeah. to sort of start kicking them again, really. Um, we had uh, interesting discussions about maybe ways in which to promote the league.
0: Yeah, uh, you know,
1: League of Ireland branded bus. The uh, you know the bank holiday games with MLS teams and NASL sides. Um, you know, sound bites about the league being cool or not being that bleak. Is it cool? Um, I don't know. I, I, but do you, did your I'll mates look
0: down on you, or did they think you were cool when you were going to League of Ireland games as a sixteen-year-old? Like if thi- you if, if you were trying to get a girlfriend, would she have been put off by the fact you were going to Oriel Park? I don't think Oriel United Park Oriel Park, Park, Park Oriel Park, 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 yeah. pa- Park in the late yeah
1: Oriel Park in the late nineties would not have been synonymous with romance, really. No. And in fact, the Oriel Park, Park now, Oriel Park now, no, no. I mean, there's a there's we don't
0: a, get enough ladies going to League of Ireland games that's something that we need to work on you know the rugby crowd can they've managed this we certainly haven't we need crowds we need ladies at the games yeah. what, what can we do? This is a you sort
1: know? of a broad this is a broad discussion I don't feel we've, we've fully prepared to deal with the complexities of that
0: The complexities of Darrell Horgan leaving for Preston and his subsequent you know performances for Preston and big story as well
1: Yeah and that's been one of the big positives I think of the of the winter period that I think there was always this question mark with Dundalk uh, and the players and the speculation, for some reason, you know, Richie Towell went over to Brighton, didn't quite happen from, he went to a club that their style of play didn't really suit him. And also, they were a club going for promotion from the Championship and he suffered with injuries. But there's almost this sense, well, it didn't happen for there well, There's a lot of hype about Horgan, but well, look what happened to Towle. Uh They're two completely different players, two completely different people. Um,
0: why are they completely different well, people? Well, I, I just
1: think, well, more so about the players, I think that, that Horgan has gone over to a club um, where he did his homework before and could see that his the way that they play is very much suited to him. I think he, Simon Grayson was true to his word. He said they wanted to play with wit, they wanted to encourage creativity and they could see, you know, he had a lot of options, had a lot of other clubs looking at him. How is Boyle going to get on? Well, I think it's, it's maybe been a, Bit of A slower, a bit of a slower sort of introduction for Boyle because maybe they feel, I always felt Horgan had a chance because a winger can come on for 20 minutes in a game and be, you know come off the bench, they tried him against Arsenal, they can bring him out, I think maybe with a centre half, it's slightly more complicated. They play with a back three sometimes and they think they feel that Boyle maybe needs a bit more time to get into that yeah, system. Yeah, which is fair enough. So and maybe the summer for him will be the, the big period.
0: Okay, we all expected, or certainly I expected the two of them to leave. We may not have expected Ronan Finn to leave. No. And, you know, there was a, we were both at the Irish Independent Awards when it, it was kind of announced that night, and Stephen Kenny was there, and even I think he was quite shocked. And Ronan Finn delightfully has joined Shamrock Rovers, which sets us up quite nicely the for Friday's computer,
1: game. The fixture computer has somehow managed to get them together. The fixture
0: computer has been beautiful, and this is Ronan Finn uh, ahead of Friday's game.
2: It was a bit unfortunate because... You know, I'm sure. It's, I don't know what Stephen was thinking. Of, like whether he just pre- thought I was resigning. Like I don't know. You know, that's something we didn't really speak about. I mean, he's a great person and uh, someone I have so much respect for. But you know, Steven's made hard decisions himself in football in his career, and it's one of these decisions that you know I'm you know I'm delighted that I, I made because you know I can see what's going on here, and if I feel that. If I didn't make that decision, I, you know, I would have regretted it, you know, because these, you know, opportunities don't come around very often.
0: I've always found with, you know, the like Stephen O'Donnell, Aaron McIniff, uh, that, you know, you've these ballers. Now, I wasn't sure what to make of Finn. We're delighted, it has to be said, to be joined by Damien Lynch. Damien Lynch, what is it about Finn that made him so special at Dundalk and at previous clubs? Um, what is he going to bring to Shamrock Rovers?
3: I think Ronan's really stepped up his game in the last... Particularly last year, when, particularly in European football. I couldn't believe how he developed into the type of midfielder he was. I always look at Ronan and I used, I used to say he used to pop in and out of games. And sometimes he'd play off the striker. I uh, felt the exact same. Yeah, he'd play off the striker. But sometimes it was the, the selection of the teammates that he was with. You know, if Tell was playing where Finn would be kind of passed to the side. or you playing from the wing or you'd be coming in? Whereas last year he was playing in a position in the centre and he became the dominant force in there. And I remember, that I think it was the Bathe game at home... Just physically, he looked like he had developed stronger. He was quick over the... Pro- he was like pu- pushing people off the ball and that. So, yeah, I just think he's added a lot to his game. He's got cu- a lot more control. He's, what is he, 28, 29 now? So he's experienced and he seems like he's, he's really grown a player. And particularly the European run last year has helped him develop.
0: What are you guys expecting in terms of Dundalk's handling of Finn? Because it's just going to be needle there, you know. Uh,
3: yeah, I think it's going to be pretty lively
1: up there. I, I don't know how they're going to tailor their approach in any way to... To stop Rona, I do. I mean, I don't know what Damien thinks. I'm finding it very hard to predict what to expect from Rovers, really, and um, because they've had uh, very interesting pre-season. I think what's going on there at the club overall is fascinating. You know, well, I mean, they're 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 not just the appointment of sort of Stephen McPhail, as sporting director, Stephen Bradley as manager, the whole setup there in terms of the academy and Roadstone first team training pitch. Um, I love Astro the idea Tra- as
0: an under fifteen player. Like you're like, oh, Duffers taking train. <laughs> he's my coach. You know. Yeah, presumably
1: like they all they all remember Damien Duff <laughs> as a <the> player. <laughs> oh yeah, maybe they <laughs> don't. That's, actually, gonna yeah. the, that's gonna be that's going be the chat. <laughs> I actually was thinking about this the other day. That if if you're <laughs> under fifteen player now at Rovers, so you're born in what? This two, is a sign two, of us aging two, now. 2002. Yeah. So like born during the World Cup and career when he's like. Bowing, bowing repeatedly. Um, so what? Like, you, what's your first football memory? Is it when you're like six or seven? So it's trying to hang on to my youth. I'd never thought
0: about that. I've never thought about, this, <laughs> so it, never like thought
3: about that. So I'm maybe the Same age as Duffer. Yeah. So this is <laughs> really depressing <laughs> okay. for me now. This I wonder is. why Damien just <laughs> Damien just <laughs> sank <shot> into <laughs> his chair <laughs> over there, saying nothing.
1: I just feel like we're sort of adding torment. But what? So 2009, 2010 yeah. are your first memories of football? Maybe like Paris Duffer at, at the later stage. But but anyway, yeah. like you got Duffer involved. Um, and they've you know, recruited a lot of interesting players. Um, I just wonder, great investment, but at the same time you sense that there's obviously going to be expectation on the pitch this year because Dundalka are going for the four in a row. The most famous achievement in Shamrock Rovers history, arguably, is the four in a row. I think they have a supporters club about it. They sing about it all the time. I remember hearing that song growing up. You know, it was always like we won four in a row. And they're not going to like it this year if Dundalk are heading that way.
0: Well, and if you, if you look to the last year, Damien, you, you look at their six games in the group stage in Europe, how consistent they were right through. Then you look at them hockey and Rovers, 3-0 in Tala. Rovers have a lot to prove, I would have thought. And where are the holes in that team ahead of Friday's game that they have to kind of address Before and it, you know, maybe prove that they've solved the problems that they had last season?
3: They've acquired a lot of new players, a lot of young players, but to go back to Dan's point, I caught up with Steve McPhail uh, at the end of the season, I was chatting to him about what his role is out there, chatting to what Stephen Bradley's doing, what's Damien Duff doing, there's just so many different personalities out there, it's and the, amazing. the one thing that jumps out at me though is there's no one with a huge amount of experience in running a football club or, or running a successful team that has had success, so... If I, a name just pops into my head, like a Brian Kerr who's been around, and you could bring in someone who's so senior. Pat Fenland's going in uh, down in Waterford as a director of football, who's won titles and things like that. So that's the one thing that I, I worry is about. Is it like,
0: me. you know, we, we have a crisis of sorts early on in the season. Who's the man to kind of grasp what's going on here? Or is it a longer term thing? Uh,
3: Chatting to Steve McPhail about it, he's there from a football operational perspective. So he's to take a lot of the heavy lifting off from Stephen Bradley. And that's, what, that's how Steve McPhail outlined his role. And, and catching up with Ronan Finn uh, pre-match uh, last week, he was he was basically saying that Stephen, Stephen Bradley takes all the training. It's his tactics. He, he's been very impressed with all that. And then Steve McPhail, it doesn't help that there's two Stevens, does it? It's just, it's a, it's a bit yeah. of a nightmare. Uh, but Steve McPhail then is there to help from an organizational perspective, organize re, uh, sort of recovery what are they doing from an um, in terms of as a whole team and where was the direction of the football club, and then it it probably doesn't. It's fantastic for Rovers to have Damien Duff involved, but he's such a personality there. Is he going to be involved on match nights? And there's quite other people involved. So I just really worry that, to Dan's point. Rovers need success immediately. And there's a big investment gone in there from, from a managerial perspective, from the, the senior management team there, as well as on
0: the pitch. Is that so the very point, though, that you know, they've invested so much in the young players they blooded last season that the immediacy was taken out of this, that there was a longer-term strategy going on?
3: You go to Tala halfway through the season, and if they're sixth in the league see what the tone is like around the place. People expect Shamrock Rovers to be winning leagues. Yeah,
1: there has to be patience but it's, it's often in short supply there and that's yeah. the thing and I mean, look at their start to the season. Let's just break it down to two games. They're away in Dundalk this Friday and then they've got Bowes at home mm-hmm. the following mm-hmm. Friday and... You know, that's a hell of a start. And
0: I do yeah, feel I, I don't get that though. Bows are, are, are going to be one of the worst teams in the league this <laughs> season. Ah, but but
1: Johnny, when has when has that ever mattered in the Rovers Bows it's, it's a
0: very winnable game to get them off but the mark if re- they don't win on Friday? But
1: in recent years, the one thing I would say
0: about you know Bows
1: have, have you know struggled since sort of uh, austerity measures kicked in. Their record against Rovers has been excellent. Mm. In fact, you know, with with bow sides, they've often beaten them. And the one thing I would say about Keith Long's bows is um He's a, sharp, he's a sharp manager. They've been able to set up and for straight teams, you know, and they're, they're quite good at that. I think they might struggle generally this season, but if you're playing a Rovers team with new management, who's going to be their goal scorer? Uh, I think you could go out to Talla and make life difficult for them. I mean, the last Boas Rovers derby uh, was in Daily Mount in October, and was won that game. It was a one-nil, but they won it. They won that game very well. Now I know a lot has changed since then, um, but I just think it's as Damien says. Um, if they hit a rocky start to the season, there needs to be calm heads because there's been too much turbulence to that club in the last couple of years. And
3: you think of the ex-managers, Stephen Kenny, you know, Pat Fenlon. So they've obviously got a culture now to say, okay, we're going for the long haul here. We're bringing in some youth. We're bringing in what people would term as football people or people who've been around the game. That's fine. No problems. But let's be clear on this. You're, got, you're aiming for the top three this year. If you get into the top three, you're doing well. Next year, then, you're, you'll hopefully compete a bit better. And the following year, then, you can do... But knowing Shamrock Rovers and the supporters out there, Stephen Kenny was under pressure from day one. And, and I just don't know if that's clear enough there. Like, in terms of what they've done on the pitch, I think Ronan Finn was a pivotal signing for them. I think he was... A, they needed that big name. Did a lot of people come in, like Dave McAllister's come in, uh, and other people like that. And, and it's going to be interesting. see seems we have a lot of midfielders there. Lots of midfielders. Where, where will Lopez play mm. and things like that. So, a lot of bodies in there... Um, Ronan Finn marquee signing absolutely club captain but i i don't know if the other acquisitions were as as strong um, what, what, and, and what
0: about Dundalk though because they've so many new players and you know they were always great to watch last season are they going to be as good to watch how long is it going to take them to gel uh, i leave that to both of you because it's
1: uh, it's uh, you know, i look at it. i saw them in the president's cup last week and you know they they were well beaten by cork but they did come into pre-season a week later than cork and i think that is a factor And the one thing that Stephen Kenny has done, and the one thing that Doc have kept, is Stephen Kenny. They Mm. they lose players, but they've kept Stephen Kenny. And every year where they've lost a player, they've been able to evolve or react to it in some way. And, you know, when Terrell went, Horgan stepped up. Horgan's gone now. I think the way Stephen Kenny was talking last week about Patrick McElhenney saying he could be the best player that he's seen in the league in the last 15 years in terms of talent. And I think what you're going to see maybe is the team focus... Change slightly this year maybe around McElhinney is a number 10 I think that's where he wants to play him does that mean you might have to pick different personnel and other positions to bring the best out of him but, but I don't think it's a case of they're going into the season blind without just trying to replace sort of square pegs and round holes I think they'll change
0: things a bit to adapt to that
3: I think it's gonna be a tough first three months for Stephen Kenny's team and I'd have full confidence that he'll get there in the end so they also
0: have a very tough start of to the season which Cork don't
3: yeah, and I, like, if they get it right and they start winning games, brilliant, but what worries me with Dundalk is they're back four. Like they're, the, I think the Boyle the partnership yeah. with uh, Gartland was phenomenal. Over the last three years, no one would have put the two of them together to be the best ba- uh, centre-back partnership. And I, that position, it's all about partnership and it, it's a catalyst to, to be going forward in the team. I look at it now and you've got Hoare, Paddy Barrett and Gartland and Gartland had a tough European campaign. I, I think I, that's I think the that's big one for me. I think that's crucial as well. The, know, the Gartland,
0: um, um, you know, the mentality from last season, just so many mistakes and he, Satanta, rather, of course, I should say, airs show at the end of the season. Get <laughs> uh, with the picture, Johnny, please. <laughs> I used to work for Satanta You're in the back <laughs> today. But the... the Dundalk coverage at the end of the season, where he was really quite honest. He said, You know, I, I was devastated. I could hardly leave the house. Yeah. And uh, Barrett's obviously a big sign. But if we have worries about Dundalk's defence, how many worries do you have about Finn Harps? Um, they're playing Cork. Ollie Horgan, I mean, he's he wouldn't be the most positive at the best of times, at least outwardly.
1: He, he, he revels he <laughs> in predicting doom.
0: Yeah. You know, uh, you know th- a this car
1: insurance quote off Ollie could always be, you know, based towards the high end of what could actually happen.
0: This uh, <laughs> this Cork game, it's it's appealing in, in, in some respects. I mean Cork are gonna be the bankers of the you know weekend for many people. Have they any chance of staying up harps?
1: Um, I, I think th- there is an yeah. argument that could be constructed for any of the teams down at the bottom to stay up. I think their case, uh, I mean, I spoke to Ollie last You didn't last. say that in the paper. Uh, you said
0: they were the actually supposed to go down, yeah. But well, I mean, that's because I spoke to
1: Ollie for five minutes and <laughs> yeah. he had me convinced. <laughs> they come fourteen. <laughs> he, he Pretty much, he was saying, no, listen, Ollie was speaking about the three teams going down. And he said, listen, if there was one going down, Asha, we'd probably be we'd probably be gone. So so three. I mean, we could be out of it. But uh, the one thing I hope doesn't happen is that we're not adrift How a couple of weeks into the season. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, so um, you listen. But that's a great goal reaction. But that's a the start
0: of the season and all that's this. That's a ploy. Like that.
1: Yeah, you know the old goalie charm. Um, yeah. But um,
3: it's not an easy place to go first day yeah. of the season. You know, it's a long drive. Yeah. Um, oh. I think it's going to be Bad roles <laughs> <you know? laughs> I mean but for Cork It's certainly not I think there's huge pressure On Cork here You know yeah. John Caulfield they, They're to me They're favourites this year I think Stephen Kenny Has a job to but do But they're, they're not favourites But the
0: they're You know they're, they're not They're not even close To being favourites For they're me was the key word in Yeah but sense. They're,
3: they're my favourites I think they've got The strongest And there's a huge How do you pressure make them favourites How can you make them favourites
0: They've added to their squad They haven't
3: lost anyone really Anyone who's lost They've actually left them go Whereas you look at what happened to with, Stephen with, Kenny. With
0: one exception from the last few yeah, days. Yeah, that, that was a bit of a
3: car crash for them, mm. wasn't it? Um, mm. But I think where they are, I'd expect them to kick on now. They had their silverware last year. You fancy them doing I, the league. I, I do. I, think it's, I, I, I really do. I think Stephen Kenny, if he wins the league this year with that Dundalk side after the turbulent close season that he's had, he's probably the best League of Ireland manager that I've ever seen. If he'd managed to pull this off, we're looking at Irish manager in a long, long, long time because I don't know how you can lose so many key players in so many key positions keep and, and keep doing it. Reinvent Dan made a great point there. Every year they've, re- they've managed to recover and someone tell leaves, Horgan steps up. You just can't keep doing that. At some stage, it's relentless. It's going to drop off. And that's not a problem from Stephen Kenny's perspective. Like he's going to have to deal with that and no better, man. He'll find a solution for that. But you look at Cork now. John Caulfield, he's had the extra investment. I think last year, to Dan's point earlier, they they they, um, they they started improving their style of play. I think Bulger in the middle of the park has been key for them. I think if they is can, is he
0: the best midfielder in the league?
3: Top three, I'd say. Yeah.
0: Dan, um, oh,
1: he's he's certainly up there. Yeah, he's certainly up there. I mean, he's he's such a solid player, uh, and I think as as Damien said, I've been mean, bringing in Kenny Brown. And Bulger was a good thing last year. Obviously, Kenny Brown has since has since left, um, but. Uh, I, I think Cork certainly have as you said I'm repeating the same word they have a sort of evolved as a team over a period of time um, this is the kind of fixture that is a, a proper test for them. I think towards the end of the last season they were up in Finn Harps I think it's Sean Maguire it was a sort of contentious penalty they got mm. with like 10-15 yeah, minutes yeah. to go
0: it is a difficult place to go to and, be it, fair. And,
1: and, and that would be my slight concern about Cork is that I just wonder have they got the goals around the team that Dundalk have and and maybe that Maguire had an exceptional season last year but if something happened to him or if he maybe now he was very sharp last week but if he struggles to build on that they've got Akeel Campion from Sligo they brought him in are they able to I don't know. I just think the dog might have a bit more depth around the forward department um, but I, I think it's a tough start for Cork but at the same time I mean they should be able to do it. I would say about Fan quickly because I know we need to move on through the other games but I mean they've got Danny Morrissey from Cork very talented player if he clicks will be very good. Kieran O'Connor alone from the dog the same. Paddy McCourt the same. They've got almost some very talented players if they click they could be okay but it, there's a lot of question marks there whereas other clubs maybe don't have the same extent of them.
0: Did you play against Paddy McCord,
3: Damien? I did, yeah. What was he like? I remember th- my memory of Paddy McCord is I was playing for Pat's and I went to absolutely smash him and tackle once and he nutmegged me and ran away on the other side and just sort of winked at me. So I I yeah, love that was, humility, you know. Yeah, he was. Uh, I was phenomenal brilliant uh one of the most skillful players i've ever played against
0: i i, I find it so intriguing uh you know just McCoy, i'm not sure he's in the best of shape at the moment but if he gets into shape i i, I just can't wait to see him play he's one of my favorite players um one of my favorite players in the league is Aaron mcanef without a doubt i think this is a massive season for him you're but very fond of him you're I, very very fond of him but i was happy to read the aforementioned preview that you wrote where i wasn't the only one pete Mahan, um who's a lot more experienced and you know clued in than me um and he mentioned him as, I think, he's his favourite player, one of the best players he's seen in the league. This trip to Bowe's, I, I find the Crawley long thing is going to be fascinating. I think you've two of the best coaches in the league, but Bowe's must be worried post the own Wearing injury, Dan.
1: Yeah, the, the, certainly the one position they really didn't need to lose someone was midfield, just with Lopez going to Rovers and keep Buckley going to Bray as well. And to lose someone just at this point of the season like for six for And six not going months. to be
0: replaced, I think. At least in the short term, yeah, we'll see how it pans yeah, out. Yeah. I mean, I
1: think it's just demoralising for the player as well. It's is, you know, the short season and just to be facing into that, it's it's horrible. And I, I touched on it earlier. I mean, I think long as a good manager and bringing Crowley in, you know, you would assume it would be a good thing if the the working relationship is fine. I just think generally they've they've lost quite a few players from last season, and it will be one of the teams that in another year you think they'd be safe mid table, but this year I think there could be in a relegation, there could be in a relegation scrap. Um, and I think a lot of positivity towards Derry. I know you're you're very keen on Derry. Let's
0: let's just mention this now. When we were in Alkmaar last year, we did have a couple of, you know, um half laggers on us <laughs> and I nailed my colours to mast. I wanted to back Derry to win the league this season. You laid me a bet, um, which I believe was thirty three to one. And yeah. the the odds are now about fourteen to one. Just to note that I did get the value despite the fact that everyone laughed at me. Everyone laughed at me there. But I knew that there was enough about me from years of bad gambling that uh, you know <laughs> I knew that there was a bit of value there Damien have we any chance with this 33-1 to Derry uh, no Dan have we any chance <laughs> with this 33-1 Derry he's not coming back on the show uh, I mean, it's,
1: it's not a bad not a bad price I have to say uh, you know we've been doing each way at though have we
0: I, I was trying to think about this the other no, day it was but yeah we did actually it was when I was so <laughs> Buncrana how much of a negative is that is it a negative
1: I, I, maybe I might get the players for, you know, to get Damien's perspective on this I think it might be a slightly strange thing that they, they don't have the brandy well you talk about the, the sort of the stereotypical tough place to go I don't know if somewhere across the border in Donegal where it's going to be difficult for, for you know their fans it's just it's a bit more of a chore I guess to travel the games outside Derry uh, I just wonder is that going to
3: Slightly blunt, some of their impact at home. Yeah, I think going to the brandy was always hard. Pitch was it was an awkward pitch. And well,
0: what is it about the pitch there? It's just, it's not it's, it's not um, It's, slope it's in the, I played yeah. right
3: back, and in the second yeah. half, I remember one against second half, there was a strong wind against. I like, cleared the ball at one stage, and it just come, came back over your head. It it, it was ridiculously bad. A like slope, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was horrendous. Like, um, do you know
0: much about Puncrana? Uh, played there. It, it's it's horrendous. You played there as, it's as an, well. An, it's
3: another horrendous place to go to. Yeah, yeah. so. Both of them I, I, I do think from a dairy perspective It's going to affect them I do I think being in the Brandywell It was very good for them um, But I think Shields is a great manager He done very well yeah. last year Bit of an, in, an interesting character Is in he terms not of the most personal.
0: mercurial You know Character ever to manage. Th- now we there have been a lot of them. Hang on, I mean maybe maybe, maybe I'm going a little bit over the yeah, last twelve months. Yeah. But he's he is. I, I find him compelling. um no, he's compelling yeah.
3: viewing in terms of and he has an opinion on everything. And I think is in, in modern day world, if you have that opinion on something. People rather that than if it's actually the right opinion. What do you make of Bowser scene? I think it's gonna be very tough for him. I think. Uh, Last year they were they struggled. And I think it's going to be a real hard struggle. For me. I think they could be left behind in the Dublin clubs. I think Shamrock Rovers putting together such a good structure there now, getting a real good youth system there. I think Bowes if they don't sort it out pretty quickly, and it's very difficult for them, you know, in terms of investment. I think they're going to have a very very tough season. The dance point three go down, they they'll be they won't be too far off it.
0: Well, both of you guys will be in Oriel. I'm going to be in Eamon DC Park uh, for Galway United Drogheda. Personally, this, for me, is the, the best game ever of all time, ever, ever, ever. And uh, Shane Keegan spoke to us earlier about his prospects for the season. It's his first full-time job after leaving the Wexford Youth post, and here he is. Uh, Shane, I'm a Galway United fan myself, so I suppose I'm a bit biased, but I do feel there's a bit of a hype uh, West side. Coming into the draw of the game, how, how have you been welcomed? I suppose, and how has that transition been to full time football from Wexford? Yeah, it's been good, Johnny. In fairness, everybody's
4: been, been very, very welcoming over there. Um, but they have it's a good, obviously, a great area to, to live in. Um, that's been very well living out in our just uh, just outside the city, which is, is a perfect location. But you say hype there is, I mean, there seems to be a good feel good factor around the place. There's a couple of reasons behind that, I suppose. One, pre season results have gone quite well, which kind of helps, and then. The other thing, I suppose, is we've, we've been making a conscious effort of trying to get the, the name Galway night and trying to get the brand and trying to get people associated with the club out there with the local community as much as possible. And uh, I think that's
0: helped, you know. And, you know, Johnny Glenn was roundly tipped as getting the job. And obviously he didn't get the job, but he's come in. And could you explain the role that he has? Because, uh, you know, the experience he has would probably be a big asset to you. Absolutely. Um, it's a brilliant position to have Johnny in at the moment, essentially, whereby he will... Work
4: with the first team works with me on a, on pretty much a daily basis. Um, he's either on the training ground with us or we we, sick of the sight or sick of the sound of each other's voices over the phone. Um, all day, every day. And then in addition to that, he's the head of youth development at the club as well. So he's overseeing um the 19s, 17s, and obviously the 15s on the way in as well. So it just means that um it means you know i can't really k- miss anything that's happening at underage level because i'm i'm chatting to Johnny on a daily basis he's able to let me know constantly who's doing well who's shown promise all of that kind of thing and we obviously we've had quite a few of the younger fellas in with us and uh that's gonna, i think that's going to continue to happen particularly with with Johnny's cool role you know
0: the players you're bringing in from you know uh, the under 19s that that seems to be a big departure from maybe Tommy Dunn's era when when Tommy didn't bring in as many players
4: yeah look I suppose it's um it is twofold to be 100% honest it's twofold we've gone purposely I've, I've made a bit of a decision that is a a little bit of a gamble I suppose in terms of you know we have a we have a budget it is probably one of the smaller ones so we've decided to, to use that budget to go after some some names that um we feel can add real real quality um then the flip side of that is it leaves you it leaves the budget fairly thin when you've got to, you know, 14, 15, 16 fellas. So rather than spreading the budget, I suppose, over 22 fellas, Johnny, we've kind of spread that budget over kind of 16, 17, and then have looked to backbone it with these young fellas who did so well for Johnny's 19s getting to the national final last year. And uh, I'll tell you, anybody who's seen them in pre season, I, um, I don't think they'll be found wanting, you know.
1: Shane, how different is the challenge at Galway compared to maybe what you faced at Wexford? Because I know you had a like almost a general manager role there and you were doing a lot of other things at the club. Um, How have you found the focus of of this particular job where I'm guessing, I know you're speaking about the underage teams there and being involved in the whole club, but I guess it's maybe a bit more football orientated than what you were doing sometimes week to week at
4: Wexford. Yeah, um, I suppose it is to a certain extent, Dan, but at the same time as I was saying, the 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 in-the-community kind of things that have been out about, basically, I mean, between myself and Johnny Glenn, um, there's a, a guy that Johnny you know. they're doing PR, a lot of the background PR stuff with us, Brian, Anna, and our famous mascot, Terry the Tiger we've uh, we've been out on a Saturday, every pretty much every Saturday, Sunday morning for the last few weekends um, visiting about five clubs each morning, um, so there's still been a lot of non-directly football related stuff going on that, to be honest with you, you'd enjoy. Um, I suppose the biggest difference has been the full-time side of it, Dan is brilliant um, you know, by and large, our working week is they're in there at, at half eight on a Monday morning. We get a, a couple of hours done on the pitch. You're in the gym then in the afternoon, repeat on a Tuesday. Um, on Wednesday, you get get a double done again. Now, that will go down to a single from, from this week on, obviously, with us playing on a Friday. But we had been doing a pitch in gym on a Thursday as well. Um, so you're you're getting a huge volume of work done in um, between Monday and Friday. It just wasn't possible, obviously, at Wexford. Um, the other one, I suppose, that you're, you're probably in that as well is the expectation side of things. Now, the only thing I'd say is this structure change um yeah. probably does mean that that the first priority certainly all of a sudden does again become about trying to stay up. Um, so it does and if we can you know, I've kind of said once or twice, if if for us then Game is round one. You've got 11 games. Can you get yourself away from that relegation zone over those 11 games? If you can, and if you can take the pressure of that off you, well, then you could really kick on over the two remaining rounds of games, and, and the sky is the limit. But uh, until you can detach yourself from that picture, you know, that's always the, the, going to be the worry and the concern, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, is there a danger, Shane? I mean, you, you alluded to it there the, the pressure of the, the three teams going down and the potential maybe of half a division being in a dogfight. Is there any? Danger that could impact on the quality of football in any way, because teams are potentially fighting for their lives almost from the start of the season.
4: Yeah, it's it's, it's a fair point. Um, it is. It's a fair point. I suppose certain teams will, um, certain teams will have certain ways that they'll intend on playing. Um, and I suppose the vast majority of teams and managers will kind of say that you'd be looking to play open, attractive, attacking football. Um, and yeah, you probably hit the end of the head if if you, if you go four or five games and that's not working for you. I think uh, ten men behind the ball and 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 defend for your lives and try and hit somebody on the counter could could become the uh, the go-to uh, method for an awful lot of us very quickly.
0: And a quick one for you: who who should we be looking out for?
4: Who should we be looking out for? Apart um, from yourself, obviously. <laughs> Look, uh, obviously from pre-season, I think think a couple of the new signings, Rona Murray and David Colley probably in particular, have really, really caught the eye for us. Um... David is look a well established League of Ireland name, so he won't be a surprise to anybody. Ronan, obviously having been in the UK for the last nine years, was kind of somewhat of a, a hidden gem that we hopefully seem to have unearthed. Um on the underage side of things, Conor Melody has now had kind of two years where he's been a bit part player, where he's been fed in here and there without ever really getting a proper run in the side. Um he's he's he is a talented, talented boy, so he is with a with a superb attitude. I think he's a fella now who is capable of stepping up and playing somewhere 20 to 25 games maybe over the course of the year and uh, if you go even even younger again I mean we've got um, young Morris Nugent who will still be 19s again this year actually so he will looks looks really really accomplished he's, he's a centre half he's already very very good on the ball um, a lot of confidence in himself but uh, looks there's a good two there that, that, that could catch the eye all going well
0: Shane thanks a million for your time uh, have a great season that's the luck Shane
4: spot on lad. thanks a million
0: your draw a connection, Damien, uh, they're back after a lot of drama. What do you expect from them with all the Brennans there and the kid they have up front as well? They have a lot of time for this 18-year-old that they've got in. Pete, Thomas Byrne. Thomas, Thomas Byrne. Byrne. Pete Mann seems to think the world of him and a lot is going to happen.
3: Yeah, Pete's great when he gets young players in the squad. If he gets enough young players around and gets them working together and they they, they get figure out his structure, he generally does very well. Pete managed me at um, St. Pats and he's an unusual style in terms of if he gets the group that buys into it, it's fantastic. And Can you elaborate
0: on that very briefly? I, I've always found him a difficult guy to read from the media perspective.
3: So I've working with Pete, it was, it was a, he had a different style than how I would have liked. I was, I was actually captain for him as well. And he was very vocal. He had a lot of young players in the dressing room and at UCD when he was there. And he'd, he'd get onto them very, very loudly and aggressively at times. Mm-hmm. And, and that works in a lot of ways. I think as you, it depends on the type of players you're working with. And modern day players have been around different clubs and things like that. That approach doesn't always work. Um, that's not to say Pete's not a, a very good manager but I just found it difficult to work with him in that perspective um, how will he get on this season So, Drogheda? but I do think he's, got, he, he's in Drogheda last year did a great job I think he's got the momentum there he's got the culture that he wants in that dressing room so he'll bring in all the players he wants can so they stay up I, I think they can yeah I think Pete can keep them up I think that it'll be a dogged one for them but I think he can keep them up quickly
0: can they stay
1: up I think they can stay up I'd be they leading show? towards the negative side of things because uh, they've effectively got up ahead of schedule I think as well and they were one of the teams that wasn't necessarily expecting the three to go down so I, I maybe feel they might struggle but at the same time some players there if they click that they could, they could maybe run a, run a campaign and get on the right side of the line but it's going to be a
0: challenge We're in Ayr's beautiful uh, studio here very near Inchicore, Pat Bray Can either of these teams go down lads? No I can't. I don't think so. I think Pats. I think there, there's going to be one team who we didn't expect to be involved who will be involved. Um, could it be Pats?
1: Well, then, then we say we'd expect them to be involved. You know, <laughs>
0: um,
1: I, I, I don't. I don't think it will be Pats. Actually, a month ago or so, I was a bit worried about Pats, and I did think maybe they could come into that bracket. I've been speaking to a couple of people over the last few days who seem to say that. Know, they're going to be a fitter team this year. They've addressed that. Birmingham issue. has said that, has it? Birmingham said mm-hmm. that, and I've spoken to a couple of players who played against them in preseason. Who actually did you,
0: did you not find that a bit percu- peculiar that you've the left back almost saying the manager ha- doesn't have us fit enough? I think
1: it was slightly odd, and maybe just I think it was reflective of the fact that for whatever reason, I don't think the dressing room has been great there over the last couple of years. And you you, you can look at that in any way you want and analyze it, but certainly, you know, Jared Bryan's been promoted sort of to a coaching role. And as I said, I'm just saying from from people I heard that played against him pre season, they felt they were a bit sharper. Uh, a bit better and the signs are good but I mean everyone looks good sometimes before the start of a season they should be okay
3: I think the dressing room when you, they won the league obviously a few years back but uh, ne- they never built on it and it just seemed like there was a lot they're of a small
0: club th- as well relatively they are quite a small club Pats <laughs> if you <laughs> read Brian Kerr's amazing article uh, there last Monday Pats are a small club I, w- I wouldn't think they're a small club in the, in the relative scheme, to Rovers in the, and re- bows are a we're very club.
1: close to injury core here yeah,
0: this <laughs> won't well, be a, so we'll nah. be long out of the building by the time this is <laughs> What about Bray? I mean, I'm sure you wouldn't have been too uh, fond of, you know, Martin Dillon Conley back in the day if you were still playing.
3: No, uh, I think Bray will be okay. I I do. I think they'll be fine. Could they challenge for Europe? They have a chance. They do, yeah. They've invested a lot there. Like, they've got some strong players. Um, It's an unusual one. They seem to have invested a lot of experience around the league. People have been around. They're they're signing 27, 28-year-olds that have come in. So, with the experience there, I think they could be a
0: a strong mid-table, pushing up, looking above them. Two of the hardest sides to predict... Arguably, the last game we're going to preview in the Premier Division, Limerick and Sligo.
1: Yeah, I think that's a. I think Sligo, the sort of season of two halves last year. I think you know midway through last season, you would have thought Dave Robertson could be gone. And then their form in the second half of the season was exceptionally good. Um, I mean, against Cork and Dock, they they took points off both of them. Uh, Limerick coming up, I just I just wonder defensively how they're going to be because that's ultimately what killed them the last time. Very good side going forward, but I just wonder. Um, are they going to be able to be solid defensively? But you know, Markets Field, uh, hopefully a good crowd, and hopefully you know there'll be a bit of a buzz around there because I mean, cracking venue. They yeah. built something special towards yeah. the end of the season. They went down, I and mean, then you almost need to regain that momentum now.
3: We covered did the uh, final there, the league, uh, final, league cup final, and um, great venue. They've built that there, and, and
0: it's in the city as well. It's it, a great location, it, isn't it?
3: I think for any clubs, any regional clubs now, they can look at this and they see what Dundalk did this year. And they, they look at, her, should I say, last year, and they look at that and kind of go, if we get this right, you've got a chance to get into Europe, and God knows what can happen from there, you know. So I can't wait to see Limerick in the league. I think they're another club that, if they get a, a good foundation in there, which I think they have now, I think they've got a fantastic manager. I think Martin's one of the best managers around in terms of the league. Understands the youth structure. Is like, he hard enough though? Is
0: he is he hard enough as a manager to cut out like stupid defensive mistakes that they did make in that Pats game last season?
3: But that's his philosophy, you know. You look at but Stephen, it's, it's but, not but, a but, you, but you look you at the way Stephen. You Ste- don't defend, you know. But what do you say about Stephen Kenny's team? They took chances and they got punished for it. Do you the say? Do you say they that wouldn't? Wasn't have, they weren't bad defending
0: have, though. That was actually playing the ball out of the back, which is a different thing. Limerick could not defend at all against Pats last season. They were a nice team to watch. Couldn't defend. One game. They, were fa- they lost them in the cup as well. Yeah. They were favourites to beat them in the in the League Cup final and. Didn't do it. I think they'll,
3: they'll be fine. I think you're overreacting to how, what, to probably two games you've seen uh, last year. I think Martin's a fantastic manager. I think that the philosophy, there'll always be mistakes in there. But I think what he'll bring in terms of how he implements it with his team going forward, far away is
0: worrying what they'll do with the back. And I, th- I do think... This is going th- forward in the sense of attacking rather than that horrible cliche that businesses use now. It's actually the, going do, forward. Did they use that? Oh... You work for Google, do <laughs> yes, Google are always going forward. Always going forward. Um, yeah. Speaking of going forward, Watford—they are the Limerick of last season, aren't they, Dan?
1: Well, they, they keep saying that they're not. That's the crucial—the crucial definition is. Alan Reynolds, I spoke to him last week. He said we're, people keep saying we're going to do a Limerick on it.
0: We're not. We spoke to Fat Pat. Fenl- <laughs> we, spoke to, we spoke. We spoke to Pat Fendlin earlier, uh, who's the director of football at Was now Watford FC. We didn't quite ask him, you know, if they're going to steamroll the league, but nevertheless, he had some interesting things to say. Great to be joined by Pat Finlan. Uh, Pat, it must be a little bit different to be you know, anticipating the First Division campaign, but I guess the buzz must be back as well. Yeah,
2: it is. Obviously, it's completely different for me that you know, I'm not on the sideline as such, but I have a, a, a big role in the club and trying to develop the club. So, like you said, it's the start of the season for everybody, so I'm sure everybody's looking forward to it.
0: And the role you have, I, I guess people will be a little bit vague about what it entails. Could you explain a little?
2: Yeah, I think it entails just making sure that the, the football side of the club, um, we can develop and move it on. Obviously, it's been in, in a bad place for, for a number of years. And I think my role is to go in and put structures in place initially, was to make sure, we, you know, with the 1st team staff, that we get a squad ready for the season. And then and there's a lot of other work to, involved in the role in relation to, like I say, underage football. There's, you know, there's big changes at underage level in, in Irish football. so there's a lot of work to be done there's a lot of work to be done with the the local clubs are in the area which we need to get working on as well so it's a much it's a much different role to what I'm used to but something I'm, I'm on a at the moment
0: and that underage aspect as well is something I'm very big on um you know is it something that you believe is, is probably a bit it's been late in coming but at this stage it looks like it's taken off from the 15s up
2: yeah i think it's important that you know for all the clubs that we try to develop that that structure of underage players that were you know continuously producing players into the league and obviously maybe trying to stop a lot of young boys going away that end up with their dreams shattered and coming back that we have an alternative to, to young players leaving Ireland and, and you know staying at home finishing their education developing as players and, and like we've seen over probably the last 10 years players having you know, a career in League of Ireland and then going away you know, and doing really well at, at, at club level in, in England or Scotland or wherever it may be and I think that's important that we try to develop that all clubs and that's one of uh, obviously one of the big jobs for me in this club is to make sure that that structure is in place going forward
1: Pat, had you met Lee Power before? I mean, what was your knowledge of him maybe before you sat down to talk about this role and d- did it take some convincing to get you yeah, to well actually look, buy I, into this?
2: I only mean, knew Lee from football. I was not involved in the B International. I think he came for me a game going back a long time ago in Tocque Park against Denmark in the B International. I played him and we played together I think in an under-21 game in Malta as well. And, um, you know, that's probably... You know, but when I sat down and, and obviously you know, what he, what he was talking about and what he was trying to do with the club, you know, sort of... It was probably at a stage where I, I'd looked at maybe stepping away from managing and it was something I wanted to get into and, you know, trying to develop all aspects of the club and obviously help help young managers and young coaches as well, that they just have to concentrate and getting the team ready for a Friday night. That's something that did appeal to me, you know, because I know over a long period of time managing the League of Ireland that there's a hell of a lot that managers are doing that they shouldn't be doing, you know, and that takes away from what their number one role is and that's about... You no, know, and coaches about getting results on the pitch and getting the team ready to play, and then obviously developing the club from from top to bottom from a from a, a football side, I suppose, and, and making sure that it that it's structured properly.
1: I mean, yeah, because what was your perception of Waterford as someone who visited there, I suppose, many times over the years, and unfortunately, you know, the name of the club hasn't yeah. been great over the last couple of years. I mean, what was your perception of the club when it yeah, came up?
2: There's no point in me telling us like everyone else. There's no point in telling lies. it wasn't good. The perception of the club that was struggling and struggling badly, and I think. The people in the city will tell you that, and people around the club will tell you that, but it's like every club you've got a lot of good people working hard, but just you know it just got beyond probably where they where where they wanted to be, so you know it was a good opportunity to to try restructure that and I think everybody sort of realised, and, and and you know people I spoke will feel that there is a, obviously potential in waterford with, like there is a with a lot of clubs around the country in league of Honor football but I think, particularly with the likes of Waterford, that there is a, a serious fan base there. There's a history of doing well. You know, it's it's a football city. So, you know, I think that that's that's something to really look forward to, and that's something that sort of got me going as well to know that we, if if things go well, and then you know things can go really well off the pitch as well as on.
1: Uh, how important is it that you, you've? I suppose you've worked with Alan Reynolds before. Was there any point that you need to sort of sit down with him and say, "Listen, I know, you know, you're in charge of matters on the pitch here. Did you have to have that discussion at all?
2: Yeah, of course we had we had a discussion and my, my role is to make sure that I, I can make things are smooth for all the coaching staff. We've got John Frost in there as well, who's who's a young coach learning the game, you know. And they, even with the the younger coaches, we've brought in a fair few ex players back in to look after the underage teams as well. So you know, it, it's it's hopefully my experience of managing and and being around the league and obviously in Scotland well as well, which I would have been a lot in relation to the academies at Hibs that you know why things should be run and that's something that we want to bring forward but you know we have to have a plan obviously and it was short notice on the cases that it came very late in the off season and trying to get everything ready you know and we've probably most of the emphasis has, has been on you know trying to get a squad together for, for the staff to get them going and, and playing and that looks like it's in place now so it's important you know and, and obviously we recruited a fair bit of, of, of the underage structure and, and they've done a lot of work the coaches and managers at that level and now it's really about trying to develop that and build that, I suppose. Uh,
0: Pat, be very best look for the season, and uh, hopefully we might hear from you again before the season's out.
2: Cheers, no problem. Thank you very much. Thanks, Pat.
0: That was Pat Fenlund. Um It's going to be an interesting First Division. I was on the Athlone website earlier and they announced three of these exotic signings according to a French football website, which is uh, a little bit strange for protocol in, in uh, an official website. It was Le
1: Keep, yeah.
0: It was. Yeah. Um, it's,
1: it's not normally where I would go for my League of Ireland First Division no. news, <laughs> I have and to it, say. But the, the um, First
0: Division, it's a it's a basket case of a place uh, at the best of times. Uh, we had Nutzi on there. He's He's gone down to ostensibly be the director of football we presume he will be how big of a role do you think he's going to have and Damien you know is, is it a case of just let's get out of here as quick as we can and get into the Premier Division
3: I, I think that's it I can't wait to see what Pat does down there I think he did a lot of work with us last year on the European games I'm chatting to him I think without sharing any state secrets here I think he was getting fed up with the management game you know after coming off the back of Rovers the management game I think he after been around so long and been so successful off. he probably needs time off and I think the project that he's been given down there. I, th- I think someone like him is perfect. He's been around the league. He understands the League of Ireland football. He's been to Scotland, understands how like a professional footballer's club is run. What an opportunity to go down to Waterford where it's, it's a great place to, to build a, a soccer base yeah. and, and to get a good youth structure there and, and try and build something. So I can't wait to see what he does down there.
1: you got to hope so. I mean, I think in pre-season they've got a, a good response I think in the community and I remember going down to Waterford I'm sure you, you've been there You know, well actually it's been a while since they've really had a good run of things but there is support they're like, like every club in the country has a latent support base particularly the regional ones if they're going well Um, and I think they are they are the team to beat this year in the first division I think Longford rather and are probably their main opponent I think Shells by all accounts have been pretty good in pre season. The UCD maybe might have a bit of a younger side even than usual this year. I think it could be Waterford and Longford duking it out there, but some of those Waterford sign ins with Kenny Brown and even David McDade and a few others, Sander Puri, um sort of Premier division sign-ins I think Remarkable. They, they should they should be capable of doing that, I
0: think. We've we've alluded to the three teams uh, obviously going down and one you know going up, which makes it really, really taxing season for so many of these clubs is one of these clubs going to be um, on the verge of going out of existence this season? We seem to have it every year. Well, I, I know t- it's not even funny, but it, it no. could happen. You know, how are these clubs going to sustain the interest such as it is when Waterford are 108 points clear at the same, you know, halfway through the season? But
1: there was one point last season, or I think we're Limerick a couple of games in, uh, every other team in the division had a negative, mi- negative, negative goal, negative goal, difference, goal yeah. difference. Limerick were just going around delivering kickings yeah. to everyone. I don't think it's going to be that clear cut at all this year. I think the difficult thing for first division clubs and know. Anyone listening who's involved with a first division club, and we've heard Cove Ramblers and various people speaking about it, the absence of a playoff means that if one team is streaking ahead, there is a danger that the season is petering away to nothing for the other clubs, and that is the problem.
3: Yeah, it's an interesting one. I, I, it's very difficult from the first division. You know, I think, I think uh, Waterford will run away with it, and I think it could be a long season for them. I love the idea of success metric across the League of Ireland as a club doesn't go bust. It's, it's true you know that it's has true. to be a success metric that we aim for over over the next two years can we actually build the football c- clubs across the country in regional ve- areas that nobody goes bust and I, th- I think that's success for me because I'm sick of the, the horrendous headlines as much as Dundalk was great last year the horrendous headlines another club is going out of business players can't be paid I just want that there can be some sort of structure there that nobody goes out of business this season that would be great
0: a player to look out for this season anyone from your beloved Patrick's Athletic the big club? Yeah, They well, they're not a big club. Massive clearly. club. A club that was winning the league, getting about 1,500 of their games. Um, I, I think Liam Buckley
3: this year has a tough job. I think he d- last year he was really disappointed. Even when you listen to his interviews at the end of the season, he was very honest with how we, how it had all gone. A little and deflated? He, yeah, I think Curtis Byrne coming in there could do well. Um, I think if Liam gets his side playing well, interesting to the point earlier about how fit they are, that that shouldn't even be an ask. That should be a case that
0: I'm going to put this to you. So, Keith Tracy, is he going to be the player that'll you know deliver on the talent he showed last season? Albeit, um. they still
1: haven't 100 percent signed him yet. I think. I think there seems to be you know they they've through the preseason. They seem to be maybe treating him mean and keeping them keen a bit more. Perhaps relative to other years.
3: But there's a couple of senior like Piers has gone in there. You know he he's been around the leagues. He understands it. So I think they'll have a decent enough base. I think they'll be mid table. But I think, to your point earlier with Rovers, what's the expectation? I think mid-table is the expectation for them. I think Liam Buckley can, can get a good, club, good sorry, base there and do well this year. Um, and for me, success is aiming for the, the top three, but they certainly won't be in it, I don't think.
0: Player to look out for for the season?
3: I want to see what McElhenney does, actually, yeah. I, I love him as well, yeah. Dan.
0: Got a, got a, yeah. Yeah. What a European campaign he had. His comfort on the ball um, against top teams was amazing, I thought.
1: Yeah, I'm mean is top class, and I think he is the one that later in the season could be in the Daryl Horgan debate. Another player I'd maybe mention at Rovers would be Brandon Miller who I think is yeah, one of the guy that you, uh, one of the most talented yeah. players in the league. But
0: he's just let can't. you down now. He's he, just, yeah, he hasn't built on the promise it that you didn't
1: happen from at all last season, and you just hope he can get back to where he was at before because there was a spell when he was at Rovers first. I just thought he looked right. like one of these guys that's going to be here, and then he's going he's to yeah. be gone again. You you,
0: uh, you give McIlhenny now that reminds you a bit of the Appreh match when uh, Terry. Venables gave Ronaldinho as his player to look out for we know about Ronaldinho we know about McElhinney give me some give me some dark horse you know both of you Dave
3: McAllister coming back I think be interested to see how he does at Rovers um, he, was a, he was actually a Pats with me and Drogheda so when he comes back he, he's, he's obviously experienced been around so t- interested to see how he does here will he come back and actually dominate the league in terms of he's been around in the, in the UK so want to see what he's like there um, I think Alex O'Hanlon, the Pats, actually took it back to Pats again. And um, he's
1: come back from Liverpool club. and had a, a lot of chat about him when he was younger. And it would be nice to see if he could sort of make an impact as well. He's someone that's to come up in dispatches that he might be a player to, to look out for. He he would be someone that springs to mind. Um, maybe Benny at Limerick as yeah, well. Yeah, he looks s- an exciting see prospect, see doesn't he? See how he goes from being that fringe player to maybe there's going to actually be expectation on him. Uh, Kieran Sadlier at Sliger is another good player, actually, I think, as well. But
0: um, maybe I'm going to give Ronan Murray a goal United. Uh, wouldn't we like
1: you to go for a goalie <laughs> <way> option, Johnny?
0: <laughs> well, uh, b- purely for the reason that um, I, I've... S- i'm a go united fan i actually can say i've that seen that was my point well <laughs> i've actually seen you know clips of them i haven't seen much pre-season action elsewhere i think aaron mcanef is going to become the next big thing but i mean mm. he's he's rather established himself you've already given you know i think you've given cork as your favorites mm. to win the league when they're not favorites but they're uh, my favorites yeah and i think and you don't, don't, fancy them going
3: back to dan's point earlier i think mcguire is a big one i want to see how he does this yeah. year does he can he sustain how well, good he was last he year um, I think sometimes he's moved around a little bit. As a f- I remember when I moved once a uh, club uh, when I was in the UK, I went to Nottingham Forest. And I, We, we knew we'd get to this when I played <laughs> such a place, you know, when I was at
0: Leeds or when I knew <laughs> MacPhail. And this that is a depressing that. story. I actually moved, and on day. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Week two
3: in the club, I, it was Lost the wrong you. move for me. I hated yeah.
0: it. From day one, I actually hated being there. And I think Maguire has found where he's happy. Very, very so quickly on that, and people seem to forget they're leaving Ireland to move to another country. You know, so Maguire and you know the players that have stayed—is it not a great thing to be able to live at home and to have your family around you, even playing in the League of Ireland, which might be considered lesser?
3: I'm sure that's a great thing for them, yeah. But I think my point on, on Maguire is he, at Cork last year he found something that worked for him. He was in, he found a manager who trusted him. He, he was put up top. You know, he was played every single week, and he—he—he he re, he was rewarded for it in terms of he got all the goals last year, and he was—he was. He was Brilliant. I remember the European campaigns, I couldn't believe just how good he was. But I just want to see can he sustain that now in a second sure. season a third season. With a view to him possibly going back in a couple of years, I could see him stepping up and going back to the UK or playing in Europe somewhere.
0: Yeah. Dundalk yeah as
1: well. well well I do, but I'm now Tom Maguire would have been crazy to leave, but the flip side would be strike when the iron's hot. And I've I heard that view expressed. You might never get those offers again. But I think if you have a bit of belief in yourself, I mean Daryl Horgan could easily have gone twelve months previous to a lesser club. And if the offer isn't right, I think Maguire's doing completely the right thing, yep. right thing by staying put um, I do fancy the Dundalk to win the league not with massive confidence I just think that they possibly are capable of evolving again because they have you know they have, uh, they've brought in some interesting players as well beyond we're talking about McElhenney and Benson in their second season you know, Connor Clifford coming home is going to be interesting Jamie McGrath great talent at Pats and to see how they adapt to that Dundalk environment it might take them a season to get used to it I think that's yep. Damien's point um, but I would I would lean towards them slightly. I think it's Dundalk and, and Cork 1 2, and it could be still a gap back to the rest.
3: You yeah, know, not sure which order, I, I agree, but I do think Cork are, are my favourites. I just think, I from a manager's perspective, from Stephen Kenny, the job he's going to have to do to get them to win that league again is going to be. I think we've, we've
0: had him. a touchy relationship on the show. I've never met you before. First um, time. You're yeah. I, I, a lovely guy. I, I actually am not a bad bloke, but I do I agree with you. I fancy Cork. I certainly fancy Cork over Dundalk. I think Dundalk have a lot to prove this season. It's going to be really difficult for them. And I fancy Derry is a dark horse, but. For me, it's I've never been as excited about league. I've never been yeah. as excited about League of Ireland before as I am now because I think it's the best it's been quality-wise, the depth to it, yeah. and just the standard football. Do you,
1: what do you think about that, Damien? You, you would have would have played in a, I, I you, would you argue you maybe played, a peak David, year around two thousand six seven was, a, yeah. was so a good time. Standard one
3: two thousand two, I came back and then I played up until twenty ten, and I went through every year. This is the year we're going to kick on. This year, and that's your point earlier. Every year, something was let down. Someone went out of business. Someone had too big a wage bill. And I do, I get really nervous just at that point in the League of Ireland where we think we're really going to kick on now. Something falls apart. Um, You look at Dundalk this year. They've got a lot of investment last year from their European run. I just hope that they use that well and they actually build in that cork. Look like they've got a... They can build a phenomenal football club. And I'd say they're probably the biggest club in the country when you look at Cork in terms of their catchment area and the regional support that they can get. So I, I am unbelievably excited about it. I think Limerick, I think the, the county element of it now is really starting to come true. Without and I doubt. think that's what you really want. Can you get a strong Galway, uh, strong Cork, Limerick are in there? You know, that's what League of Ireland is, should be about. And it's moving. I, I certainly think the Dublin uh, clubs have been diluted with the exception of Shamrock Rovers. Um, and p- my big club, which is Pats.
0: Dan, can we have him back in the show? Very briefly I think we will have him back. Yeah, yeah it's gone a bit over now. We've kind of rambled, you know. But I, just, my, I, I think it like was, was it
1: all very interesting. You're you know? s- you're sort of attacked him once or twice there. Yeah. I just yeah. I just hope things are okay between you in the future.
0: Yeah. We shall see. We are at LOI Weekly and this was brought to you in association with air and independent.ie and you will find us on iTunes and SoundCloud and don't be afraid to interact with us on Twitter. We're going to throw out a few uh, interesting things maybe over the next few weeks, a few s- photos of signings. Well, we were thinking, yeah,
1: we, we sort of were thinking of sending out a couple of pictures for people's uh, favorite new signing pick over the winter because people may have noticed. I think Bray were particularly uh, proficient in this regard, sort of like you know, Liam ne- Neeson and Taken. You know, we're going to find you, and we're going <laughs> to sign you. So, like, there's a guy in his kitchen, there's a guy out with paint, Keith Buckley, I think, had some paint in his hands. Yeah. Uh, someone was in a car park, and then the flip side of that, I think Finn Harps have had a couple. Uh, sort of Oli Horgan looks like he's got a player in some kind of hostage negotiation situation and, and the three
0: lads in that loan as well the three lads uh, in that
1: loan look like they've they've been duped into this
0: and that is one of the reasons why this is hashtag greatest league in the world I hope you enjoyed that uh, we had a bit of fun we went a little bit over but we will trim it down a bit next week because we we'll, it being the League of Ireland we'll have a lot less to talk about obviously after the first week thanks for joining us